airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Sherry B. is over in Studio CCA. I would like to invite you to connect with us in several different ways uh, via Will the Great. Yes. Hey, Will. (laughs) Connect us. Um, Just if you want to listen live, of course, you can go to AFR.net if you want to get the archives. Our shows, you can go to the same place and click on the podcast tab and you can get it there. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we have all those different uh, platforms ready for you. Uh, just search Airing the Addisons. You can find us there. And also, if you want to email us, you can email us at addisons at AFR.net. Addisons at AFR.net. So today we're going to continue our conversation on the need for intellectual engagement. And we want to be very careful with it. I'm going to double back in just a second. But also to let you know that we have Marion Smith, who's coming on with us, and uh, he is the executive director of the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation. Mm. And uh, he's going to talk about this recent report that was kind of uh, being circulated and people were talking about 70 percent of millennials say that they're likely to vote socialist. Um, So we're talking about uh, losing some generations here, at least two. Um, And and I think probably largely due to being undereducated. Or should I say wrongly educated? Because yeah. we probably have some of the most educated generations in the history it's, of this country. It's but just It's indoctrination yeah. of a different sort. Yep. Correct. So we're going to talk to Marion about that because I, I'm kind of curious to know um, exactly what, you know, this tells us about our public school system and our higher institutions of, of learning. And uh, and then also, how do we reverse course? How do we how do we get back? Mm. You know, so we're going to talk about that. I'm excited. Uh, this was a rescheduled interview. And so it appears that all of that is working out. On the other side of our interview with uh, with Marion Smith, we are going to turn back to talking about intellectual engagement. And now I made a statement yesterday. Look, let me say this. There's say another it. one of my. That's another one of my Mickey-isms. I have several of them. It's I say you understand. Mm-hmm. I say write a lot. Yeah. And then I say let me say this. Yeah. I think everybody has has those things. Oh, for sure. I used to always mock President Obama. Look. <laughs> Right. Everybody has their thing, right? Their thing. Um, And so so anyways, but I am I do communicate rapidly. Mm -hmm. I communicate quickly. Uh, That's just the that's just my makeup. Yeah, that's just my design. I'm I'm communication is my thing. And uh, and notice that even right now I'm slowing down just a bit. This feels really slow for me. <laughs> but I imagine that some of our listeners are like, no, it's perfect, dear. Stay right there. That's a good cadence. We can hear and understand everything you're saying. So this is very intentional for me. I don't I don't speak this slowly, even just personally. Right. I don't. OK, <laughs> um, my brain is working. Mm-hmm. So my brain is probably working faster then I have time to get out all the words. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So anyway, I have to be very intentional and slow down. Why do I say that? I say that because I never, ever, ever 
want any one of our listeners to mistake my fast talking for some type of subversion Mm. that I'm a fast talker. So I'm trying to convince people or, you know, um, I don't know, delude people or I, that is, you know, I look that I'm not easily offended, Mm. but I got to tell you in light of what I'm attempting to do with the research and presenting this information, which is protect the church. Yeah. I, I, I take that personally, mm-hmm. right? My intent is not to speak so quickly that people don't have an opportunity to make an informed decision. Right. In fact, we recommend if you miss anything, one, go check out the archives and get the show notes there so you can read the information we're talking about for yourselves. Mm-hmm. Or two, you can even listen to the show again yeah. to catch something that you may have missed. That's right. So yesterday, in the interest of time, we got a call near the end of the show where a sister who listens to us disagreed that we should introduce these philosophies to our homes, that we shouldn't have the books books. in our homes, right? Right, right. And she went on to compare having these books to having a Ouija board. Right. All right. Now, the thing is, I don't strongly disagree with her in one aspect, in that for many people... Well, I don't know many, you know, but for some people, this could be destructive to to introduce these philosophies to your own mind. Yeah. All right. If you are weak in in the faith, Mm -hmm. you know, this could be bad for you. And this is what I said. And 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 some people have to just know themselves. You just know, you know what? Maybe some there's some people who, you know, for you, maybe racism or partiality, as it's properly called, maybe that was a struggle. Mm. So for you, you might say, you know, it's not good for me to read this book. It might make it might kind of, you know, bring yeah. back some feelings that ah, right. this is not right. a good place for me. Right. So I'm going to just avoid this. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Right. I, I, I have some friends who are black who are like, I do not watch slave movies. Right. They're like <laughs> these things. I do not watch them because I feel like they unnecessarily upset people. Mm-hmm. So that's wisdom. Mm-hmm. Avoid those things that, you know, are going to be, you know, they're going to upset you. They're going to cause these feelings to stir in you. Right. And so anyway, I agree with the sister yesterday mm-hmm. that there are some people who don't need this. However, I disagree that calling the investigation of the books uh, the same thing as a Ouija board. Yeah. And the reason I disagree with that is because there is no mincing words or there can be no confusion on the purpose of a Ouija board. Mm-hmm. The express purpose of it is to make contact with darkness. Right. So that's... I. I mean, when you you don't go into a Ouija board saying, oh, I just want to learn how this works. I mean, you know what it is. Mm -hmm. So even if you're going in trying to, you know, explore, you've gone into already agreeing that there may be something here and I'm I'm going into it that Mm -hmm. way. So what I'm trying to say and Will, you and I have a slightly different take on this. So I want to I want to bring you in on this conversation as well, because I'm trying to find the balance between the deception that is pervasive in the church mm-hmm. and saying that the saints of God need to be equipped right, and need right. to be intellectually ready to a certain extent. I'm not saying that right. the Bible does not right. equip us. Right. 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 And I want people to understand that, which is why I'm slowing it down in this segment. <laughs> All right. There's, I don't need to rush through just to convince people. I got the facts. Yeah. I got the information. Yeah. So now this, but this does not fall into the category of a fact. This falls into the category of an encouragement that we need to know what the enemy has sown among us so that we can uproot it and so that we can demolish it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But I agree with that, that we need to know, have the knowledge about uh, these things. And I agree also that um, 
there should be wisdom involved. Mm -hmm. You know, if you know that this is something that will pull on you and lure you in and right. will be a stumbling block that maybe you shouldn't uh, dive into this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would compare it and where well, I would agree with what the sister is. I would compare it to music in that I take pride in trying to uh, uh, get over good music to Christians, you know, like Christian rap music or other mu music that they can listen to. Uh, and I wouldn't dare point them to somebody else who I thought, man, they have a, a weird, uh, you know, ideology or mm -hmm, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and, and tell people to listen to this. I, mm -hmm. I wouldn't do that because I think uh, it would be detrimental uh, for those like on a broad scale. So mm -hmm. if I'm if I'm on a radio, I wouldn't say go listen to such and such. Right. You right. know, but I think there are people who would be able to listen to or read certain things that will be able to see through, you know, the era and things like that and be and able to, to challenge it. Yeah. But I don't know if putting it out there like, hey, you Go need to read, read these books. Yeah, I agree with that. Would like be I, the best, you know, I can I can see that. Mm -hmm. I can see that. And I agree with you on that. You know, I here here is my thought, and I I want to I want to go back to 1912 if we can you know get in a time machine and kind of go back to 1912. I'm reading some uh, J. Gresham Achen mm -hmm. right now. I'm reading some John Gresham Achen, who was a seminary professor. He was um, a theologian, and he argued that the church needed to step up in the area of an intellectual defense for what we believe. Mm. That was his argument. Mm. All right. And um, and so I'm reading this and it just happens that I'm reading this and it coincides with all of this other information that I'm, I'm seeking to compile mm -hmm. so that we can we can defend the church mm -hmm. against these these lies, yeah. against error, yeah. against secular philosophies. Right. 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 And so as I'm reading J. Gresham Machen, I'm thinking, man, you know, he's right. Like in mm -hmm. some of the points that he makes in that there are a lot of people who will say, well, I don't need to know anything about that. Mm. We over here, we're in the church and we're having a great time in the Lord. Mm. So we don't need to know anything about that. Mm -hmm. And I think that for a long time that I kind of would not have said it exactly that way, but I would have I would have been on the on the side of ah, the world is doing its thing. Mm -hmm. Let them do their mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And I still believe that. Mm -hmm. I still the world is trying to invite the church into a fight, but they're saying that the church has to have her hands tied mm. i.e you can't mm. bring in the word of god right as your sword right. you understand what i said you can't <laughs> right. you can't fight it's not a fair fight so i'm like no don't bring us into that you guys have your own fight and and we'll watch you guys and then you, mm -hmm. <laughs> i mean that's it mm -hmm. you know so but what i'm trying to say now is this there are far too many of us who don't know what the arguments are so what about the people that would say miki yeah we trust you you help us, you go, you know, yeah. get this information yeah. and break it down for us and show us these errors. And, you know, cause I think people do that with me with music. They're yeah. Like, well, that's true. Well, you know, what are you listening to? Like, yep. I want point me to the, the artist that yeah. I should. So yeah. what about, you know? So I would say, I would say that there's two categories of people as far as that's concerned. Mm -hmm. So there's the one group that would say, well, Miki, if you do the research and you write about it, then we'll read it. We don't need to read these books. And I applaud that. And in fact, you know, look, I, I guess in some ways I prefer that. I really do. Um, I would prefer not to have people even face the threat of being won over to this darkness. Yeah, because I don't you know want to I mean? do what I, one million moms does. What do you mean? 
they they watch all these you know they they scout out these, these things and tell us what's what's going on you know oh, like, you don't want to do it no oh you I, don't want to do it. so i'm saying there might be people like that like ah uh, you if you tell us what to to do you know so then saying? you do want to do it you want to scout it out first and then tell the, and then warn well, the may, people well maybe it's more like those uh christian review sites for movies yeah man which those people i don't want to do that and i, I think my kingdom they do similar things yeah you know? i see what you're saying so there you're, is you're, a point for that what you're too. saying is that you're grateful for the research that one million moms does that yeah that Monica or does to the let christian us know movie what's going review on. okay spots because yeah. i don't because wanna... you wouldn't do that i see what you're saying <laughs> you know? okay i understand that yeah, no, I get that. And, I, and I'm willing to do that. I will say this, though. For people who would say things, for example, like in the church, mm-hmm. if a person says, like take, for example, what we were talking about recently, the pastor down in Naples, Florida, yeah. uh, Marcus Hayes. Mm-hmm. If people say, oh, my goodness, you know, he tweeted out an endorsement for the woke church book. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you are standing against that and you're protecting the church, I think the legitimate question people would have would, would be, well, have you read the book? Mm-hmm. Do mm-hmm. you know what Pastor Mason says in the book? Right. And can you That's contend right. with the contents of it having not read it? Now, there are some yeah. people who would say, no, well, give me a thumbnail sketch. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's what that's what I'm subjecting myself to right now. <laughs> By the way, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm 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 going through woke church. Yeah. All right. And so I'm doing that because I love you people. Okay. That's what I'm doing. You love um, the body of Christ. I love the body of Christ. Amen. I really do. I Amen. don't apologize for that. Man, I love the body of Christ so much. You don't understand. And so, um, so I, yeah, I agree. Look, and, and here's the thing. I am totally open to having a conversation around um, disagreement with me that people would say, well, no, I think we still need to reject it. I think we still need to not know. Um, what those philosophies are because they're dangerous. Because here's the thing, they are dangerous. Yeah. But I think that there are some people who are mature enough to be able to pull in this different research and to and to inform others around us. And those people would have to know that they're able to do that because even in the Bible, everybody wasn't watchmen. That's true. You know, everybody wasn't on the tower looking at the, the army coming. You know, some people were watching out yeah. to tell That's the other right. people That's that right. was in the city. So, you know, I think, but I think we do need the watchmen to watch, though. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so maybe, maybe in order for me, and I'm going to read some quotes from J. Gresham H. It actually from uh, 1912. It's yeah, going to astound you. But, uh, but maybe there's some people who just, maybe it's not that we need to go into the fray, all of us. Maybe it's a few of us need to go in and bring out the information. Yikes. All right, we'll do it. <laughs> Which, by the way, let me just say this in passing. I invited, we invited Eric Mason on to discuss Woke Church with us. Uh, when the book released, mm-hmm. uh, he declined that invitation. He said he was done doing interviews on the book. Yikes. Was, really? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway. The book was brand new. Too. It was brand new, guys. Anyway. All right. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And as uh, Brad and Rebecca, I am found. Appreciate Sherry B. and her beautiful scarf today. I'm a scarf person. She's wearing <laughs> a beautiful scarf. There you and go. I love it. She's gotten our <laughs> guest on for us. 
Uh, so let's go right into the conversation on socialism and where we're going in this country. Mm. And uh, if millennials and Gen Z are any indication, it seems that we are inching closer and closer toward an affinity for socialism and communism yeah. and yeah. a disdain for capitalism. Yeah. Um, this is the information out that was making headlines. And uh, let's talk a little bit about it. Marion Smith is a civil society leader and expert in international affairs and has been executive director of the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation since March 2014. He provides strategic leadership for VOC and spearheads its educational initiatives. And in fact, I'm so glad that he's here to educate us because, I mean, mm. when we are looking at these headlines, I think some of the big questions that we have are, you know, how does it happen that we have generations who know nothing of communism, they know nothing of socialism, or at least what they think they know of it is not true. Right. 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 And yet they're incredibly active and yeah. incredibly vocal in our yeah. culture today. Marion, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm great. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation because I'm hoping that you will um, teach us and teach our listeners um, what is going on in the life of millennials and Generation Z uh, as it pertains to socialism and an affinity for communism. But before we do that, can you please tell our listeners more about your organization? Because this information actually is the first time that I'm acquainted with you guys. So I'd like to know a little bit about what it is that you do. Sure. Well, um, we were authorized by a unanimous act of Congress in 1993 uh, to educate Americans about the history of communist regimes around the world since 1917 and to memorialize the victims of those regimes. Mm -hmm. And that's some um, 100 million people who have been killed uh, in some 40 nations around the world uh, mm -hmm. since the Bolshevik Revolution 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. And we also support uh, dissidents uh, today in the world's remaining single-party communist dictatorships. And that includes China, North Korea, Laos, Vietnam, and Cuba, and uh, sadly, we're seeing the expansion of totalitarianism, uh, authoritarianism, uh, the influence of communist parties. We're seeing it spread into Hong Kong right now mm -hmm. and also Venezuela. And so we try to support um, those, uh, those voices uh, who are being drowned out, and hopefully the free world can stand with them and represent our values and confront um, you know, communist parties who, who want to remake the world in their image. Um, but uh, we also have educational programs throughout the country. Uh, we uh, support uh, curriculum um, development in, for high schools and middle schools. And we have an educator's uh, workshop in Washington, D.C., where our office is. But also uh, we, we will host those around the country um, to try to equip uh, high school teachers uh, to teach this difficult uh, material in the classroom just because it is so so very important. You know, mm. one of the things, and I want to get into some of the numbers um, and, and talk about the change in attitudes towards socialism and communism and collectivism, but one of the things that really kind of astounds me, and I know that I'm not alone in this, is that you when you look at the millennial generation and now Generation Z, we are talking about some of the most compassionate people. I mean, they they want a cause. Like, they want someone to stand up for. They want to be, as is commonly called, allies, right? They want to be advocates. How do we have this type of sentiment 
that ignores communism? Is it that they don't understand how it's defined or that they don't know how to recognize it? Well, you know, I am a millennial, um, and I agree with you that um, we are a generation that does care very much about justice and equality and opportunity, and it is astounding um, that you would have, according to the poll that um, was released this year, that we would have 70% of millennials saying that they are somewhat or very likely to vote for a socialist candidate. (laughs) And perhaps even more astonishingly, to have one out of three millennials say that they view communism favorably, Uh, it's astounding. Because if you care about justice and opportunity Mm -hmm. and equality, uh, there's no way that you would end up thinking that socialism or Marxism is the way forward. Um, You know, that's the path to to death and and, and, and poverty and destruction. And it has a 100% track record of failure. So I really do think it is a failure of education um, and also um, dishonest conversation, uh, you know, by too many in the media, too many professors, uh, even too many politicians um, who talk uh, today and don't don't make it clear that socialism um, in 2019 looks like malnutrition in Venezuela. Mm. It looks like forced labor in North Korea. It looks like forced abortions in China. Mm. Uh, that's, that's the face of 21st century socialism. It's not Denmark or Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. Those are high-tax welfare states, um, but they're not socialist dictatorships. Hmm. And that's, that's what I was going to say that, because it has to be not only a lack of of education or knowing, but also an indoctrination oh, yeah. that's happening. And he mentioned it, you know, Marion mentioned about the, the media mm-hmm. and all these different uh, other sources that are speaking, you know, and saying and, and painting this picture because, you know, the lack of education plus indoctrination. Indoctrination is, on multi-fronts, multi-fronts, yeah, multi yeah. uh, indoc- indoctrination. So so then my, my question is this. You know, where is the breakdown largely reflected? Is it in the classroom? Is it in media? I mean, I understand that maybe, simply put, it would be a combination of all the things that Will just mentioned, but but where is this most exaggerated? Well, I mean, it's definitely, uh, you know, a problem that has to be remedied in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, Our polling the last few years has found that younger generations, so millennials, Gen Zers, um, have a very poor understanding of thick 20th century history. And so if, if, if you have the majority of those generations who do not understand how World War II started, if they do not understand um, just a, a ballpark figure of the number that has been killed by communist regimes, mm-hmm. um, they're really going to be poorly prepared to understand what's happening in the world today. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to appreciate um, how how precious mm-hmm. the, the freedoms that we have in this country are, and and how uh, <laughs> you know how high a cost it, it's taken to defend them. So I think we, we've got to remedy uh, education. But I have to tell you that I I think that the, the greed and corruption uh, in our society in in different uh, you know domains of leadership 
uh, is also a key reason here. And I would cite the NBA uh, fiasco that mm. occurred recently, mm-hmm. where it's become very clear that if you're talking about um, sports or entertainment or the tech industry, you have American quote-unquote capitalists who are very comfortable selling out American values, mm. free speech, free enterprise, and doing deals with the corrupt and deadly uh, Chinese Communist Party. Mm. And uh, the entire fiasco over Daryl Morey uh, of the Houston Rockets supporting the, the Hong Kong protest mm-hmm. and Shaquille O'Neal supporting the Hong Kong protest. Mm-hmm. And the NBA leadership coming down on them because they offended uh, the Chinese Communist Party and forcing uh, Daryl Morey to apologize. Oh my this, this from the NBA that I thought was a was a place for self-expression, <laughs> right. right? And to talk about pressing issues in in society, right? But it's clear that they've made a deal with the devil, and I think it's been very enlightening for many Americans, uh, so they understand just how how deep. Uh, the Communist Party from China has tentacles into American society. It's That's very right. Troubling. That's right. And to see how inconsistent the outrage is. I mean, this is you know coming from the men who are kneeling, you know, during the anthem. Mm-hmm. These, you know, these are these are people who are outraged, who are you know calling themselves basically slaves. You know, these these multi-million dollar players calling themselves slaves. But it's the it's it's a show of the selective outrage that they have, yeah. and I would say an inconsistency and that outrage. I want to ask this, though, because one of the things that we hear coming from millennials, and in particular, I'm thinking, even as I say this, I'm thinking of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they say is that uh, communism or socialism is not bad in its aim, but it's been poorly executed. So (laughs) when when they talk about the suffering that we see in the world, they're saying, you know, it's not that the aim is bad to care for people and to love people and to secure people. It's that it's been poorly executed. I'm hoping that we can have a little bit of a conversation, Marion, around the fact that the aim is bad. And I think parents and grandparents need to be able to educate their children and grandchildren that the aim is bad. It's not the execution of it. It's the aim of just controlling people and taking care of them from cradle to grave that this is the antithesis of what it means to be made in the image of God and to be given gifts where you can use those gifts to live and to grow and mm-hmm. to help your fellow man. Mm-hmm. I mean, can we talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. The, the Marxist ideas of socialism, communism, collectivism, in their, in their theory, they deny the sanctity of human life and individual rights in favor of the collective. It's collective justice. And Marxism, of course, and and the the socialist movement that brought to the world the first communist regimes, um, this was the first political movement to deny um, the existence of God. Come on. Or a a morality that would would, uh, be higher than the state or man's action. And so they removed transcendent truth, and so there was nothing to which man or government had to answer. And so really we have seen that these forces in the modern world have unleashed um, hellish uh, destruction, Mm -hmm. unprecedented in human history. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's any accident, and you're right, it is because the ideas themselves are flawed and they they presuppose that you can uh, have an ideological aim and then you can remake man by 
by force. You can remake human nature to meet those aims. And, and so it denies the fixed nature of uh, life and of human nature, which, of course, was created by God, right. according to our Declaration, the only source of our rights. Uh, you know, it is our equal uh, creation uh, by God. And to deny that is to deny uh, the framework that has created the freest, most prosperous uh, society in the world, which, by the way, has done more in, in terms of volunteerism, and philanthropy, mm-hmm. and charity mm-hmm. uh, than any other society. And so, again, I think if you go back now, uh, you know, we have not only theory to look at, but we have more than 100 years of history. Yes. And there is a 100% track record of failure. Every Mm. place the socialists and the communists came to power and took over, it either collapsed economically or turned into a totalitarian police state, often both. And in these places, there is no free speech. There is no freedom of religion. Uh, families are uh, not protected, and you have um, poverty and destruction that occurs in society. And, you know, there are multiple reasons for it, but in every single place, the government ends up killing a portion of their population as a matter of policy in peacetime. And uh, we have got to learn from these human experiments and we cannot allow people like Bernie Sanders or AOC mm-hmm. Come on. Uh, to whitewash this history or yeah. this deadly ideology. Man, and you know, and I would wow. I would say, you know, as a as a biblical Christian, you know, I I make the case from the beginning to the the unfolding of the New Testament and the establishment of the churches, and so you see that God creates Adam, and the Bible says very clearly that He puts him in the garden to work and to tend it. He, there is there is a need. We have a need to do something to use the purpose or to to uh, to walk out the purpose that mm-hmm. God has for us. Mm-hmm. But then you go a step further. You go to the New Testament, and in the first century of the church, in the Book of Acts, the Bible is very clear that they have everything in common. They have this socialistic experiment that's happening that fails. And then you get to Thessalonians, where the Apostle Paul is then saying, "If a man won't work, he shall not eat." <laughs> it's like. It's like the lesson is, no, we're not going to just have everything in common and everybody just come along. No, you've got to work with your hands and that this is glorifying to God. And I really wish that we would kind of make the case for our kids more consistently from the church to the schoolroom and everything in between that God has given man a great purpose to execute. Go ahead, Will. Yeah, I agree. And I I was going to say, I I see the videos uh, that they do on some of the campuses. I know it's a small sample. You know, they ask the questions about, you know, uh, communist uh, dictators and who is the worst. (laughs) Who's the worst person? Oh, my goodness. Or, you know, this dictator. And and kids consistently say, Trump, Trump. How do we even turn this thing around? Like, is there a way to turn this around, Marion? Well, you know, what you're saying, uh, especially about the, the need for uh, humans uh, to be creative and be true to their conscience, and, um, and that includes, if they want to, uh, sacrificing for their family or for their fellow citizens, uh, and that's philanthropy, and, and, and that is possible in our society. You know, I, I like to say that in a free enterprise system, you can have voluntary socialism. 
You can have it. <laughs> right. But in a socialist system, there is no voluntary for your enterprise. That's yeah. right. Marion, yeah. we got to run. We are hitting this break. What is your website so that our listeners can learn more information about your organization? You can uh, find us at victimsofcommunism.org. Victimsofcommunism.org. We'll grab the break. Aaron the Addisons, be right back. Back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's uh, Cam. And uh, Jay Lee, the producer, you know, you know better. He has an EP out now called the, called the 24 Hour EP, where they took 24 hours to put an EP together. We watched. We watched some of it. it was, we, we actually it was contributed. Insane. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't want to say that I'm a writer. <laughs> um, you know, just I wouldn't want to be careful with that. But Cam is an awesome artist, a man of God. He he does worship when we do our marriage, family, and life conferences. So um, Committed brother in the Lord yes. who was traveling with some of these higher profiled artists and yeah. walked away from it because he saw inconsistent living yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. All right? So... <laughs> Anyways, Cam. Cam. Thank God for Cam. Mm -hmm. All right, let me do this. I'll open the phone lines. You can comment on anything that we've talked about today, and uh, and then I'll continue on as the calls get queued up. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. What I want to do is I want to give you a definition of woke. Got a couple questions. People are saying, what is woke? What does that mean? What does that mean? So I want to do that. But I also want to provoke you and look at the conversation that was happening in the early 20th century, uh, the battle lines were drawn at the university level, at the seminary level, and this has trickled down into the church. Mm. And so uh, Jay Gresham Achen was arguing that the church needed not be afraid of intellectualism, mm -hmm. that the church was well-equipped to go into the throes of this fight mm -hmm. and win, mm -hmm. and win. And I agree with him. And so I've been reading this little booklet here, and I've been stewing over, taking my time reading it, pausing underlining, writing, actively reading it. And I've shared some, some quotes on, on social media. You can find that. But listen to this. This is 1912. Jay Gresham Machen um, gave this, this speech that I'm about to quote to you uh, in, in 1912. This was the scientific preparation of the minister. That was the, that was the speech that he gave. And he delivered it September 20th, 1912, at the opening of the 101st session of Princeton Theological Seminary. Hmm. All right, 1912. But listen to this. This is what he said. Modern culture is a mighty force. It is either subservient to the gospel or else it is the deadliest enemy of the gospel. Hmm. For making it subservient, religious emotion is not enough. <laughs> Intellectual labor is also necessary. And if that labor is being neglected, the church has made has turned to easier tasks. And now she is reaping the fruits of her indolence. Now she must battle for her life mm. because the church has turned. I'm going to quote him here. I'm going to paraphrase. In yeah. other words, 
because the church has turned to the easier task of emotionalism. Mm hmm. Engaging the culture intellectually has left the church fighting for her life, <laughs> Jay Gresham Machen said in 1912. But he goes on. He says, the situation is desperate. It might discourage us, but not if we are truly Christians, not if we are living in vital communication with the risen Lord. If we are really convinced of the truth of our message, then we can proclaim it before a world of enemies. Then the very difficulty of our task, the very scarcity of our allies becomes an inspiration, then we can even rejoice that God did not place us in an easy age, but in a time of doubt and perplexity and battle. Mm. God did not make a mistake with the time that we live in. Acts 17, 26 tells us this clearly, that he determined the boundaries of our habitation, the yeah. time that we should live in. Amen. And I'm telling you, for the Christian, for the faithful believer, the one who is <laughs> contending earnestly for the faith, Jude said, you know, contending for this, this, this gospel, this faith that was once and for all delivered to us, right? There's no mistake that we're here in this time. That's right. That's no right. mistake at no all. Mistake. So now the question is, what do you mean by woke? What is that? What does wokeness mean? I'm going to read to you a definition of woke from the book Woke Church. Okay. Which, I mean, if you're going to tell the church to be woke, you should have a working definition in the book, mm. right? In which you tell yeah, the church to be woke. I would say so. So here we go. This is the book that's written by Eric Mason, Woke Church. Here's the definition. Woke is a word commonly used by those in the black community as a term for being socially aware of issues that have systemic impact. This social awareness doesn't come from just watching the news or reading history through a traditional lens. Being woke has to do with seeing all of the issues and being able to connect cultural, socioeconomic, philosophical, historical, and ethical dots. A similar term is conscious. Mm. <laughs> Dead giveaway. Dead <laughs> giveaway. <laughs> okay, listen, I'll continue. I'm going to continue for you. Here's how one commentator describes being woke. And he's quoting this commentator here. This commentator describes being woke this way. To me, staying woke means making sure that you're tuned into your community, that you are doing everything that you can to not only educate yourself, but to bring someone else along to ensure that we all have the same information. Mm -hmm. It's not enough to be woke on your own. You need to help someone else along to also get woke. Woke is about a state of mind. Um, can I tell you who that commentator is? Like in New Orleans. This, who this, that? Who that? Okay, so who, who said that? So that's a political commentator. Her name is Angela Rye. Mm, you may or may not be familiar. <laughs> giveaway. You may or may not be familiar with Angela Rye, mm. but she is um radically liberally leftist. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so she is providing a working definition for what it is to be woke. In the book, authored by the Christian church leader, Pastor, Pastor Eric Mason. And hmm. if you've never heard Angela Rye before, I would like you to listen to Angela Rye on one of the programs she did on CNN. This, this was, was after one of the State of Union. And this addresses. was actually on BET. This was on BET. Yeah. Okay. But it okay. was after one of President Trump's uh, State of the Union addresses. Okay, here we go. I don't know how much more I can take. Can y'all take it? Exactly. Of course, we won't spend all our time together lamenting about the walking disaster that is the KKK's commander-in-chief 
And here's the good news. Yeah, I said it. Tonight is about us. It's for us, it's by us, and it's all black everything. So we're talking straight up solutions, and we're determining our path forward with some of the most intelligent black minds of our time. Are y'all ready? Okay. <laughs> Are y'all ready? So this is the person that Pastor Mason is quoting in his woke church book. This is who we're looking to to get a definition on what it is to be woke. Now, Yikes. look, you can disagree with the president politically. She could she could yeah, she could disagree with the president politically. She called him the leader of the KKK. Aye. I mean, like, OK, so we, we start with a disagreement, but we end up with a mischaracterization, do we not? Right. And then at the same time, understanding that what it is to be woke is not what people are commonly trying to make it. This is not, oh my goodness, you know, there's, there's oppression and there's, and there's, this is viewing every institution through a racial lens. That's what it is. Every single thing gets subjected to racism and racist inspection. That's what we're talking about when we talk about what it is to be woke. Now, here's the thing, because, because Pastor Mason in the book says that another word for woke is conscious. Mm. Now, what he does is he says the word conscious and woke finds its beginnings in the writings of W.E.B. Du Bois. Mm. Another day giveaway. Okay, yes, and also factually inaccurate. <laughs> okay, let me just say that. So that so it sounds like it softens the blow to say that it comes from W.E.B. Du Bois because you say, well, you know, I mean, think of him as a as a champion for the plight of black people and and can we, you know, <laughs> which by the way, talented tenth. Yeah. All right. Yes, you yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. take the best and the brightest oh and make them the leaders. Forget about the others who can't do for themselves. That's 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 your roots right there. That's what you're looking for in W.E.B. Du Bois. Mm. All right. But here's the problem with that. He says that the word woke and conscious has its roots in the early writings of W.E.B. Du Bois, and he goes back to 1903 for that. But no, I'm sorry, you missed it by about 60 years, okay? <laughs> because Karl Marx mm. and his cohort, cohort uh, Frederick Engels were already writing about this in 1836 and 1845 when the Communist Manifesto was written. Mm. So no, the, the, the term conscious... As, as to understanding your plight in life and awakening to where you are at the bottom of the totem pole didn't mm -hmm. start in 1903 with W.E.B. Du Bois. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a convenient selection that you've made there. Yeah. But this actually goes back to Karl Marx. It was expanded by George Lukacs, who made it social and not so much economic. Mm. But guys, this is, this is why I'm saying, because look, somebody reading this book. Yeah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't know all that. They'd just take it at face value. You, oh, you wow, this sounds, and it, and it sounds good to, you know, yeah, right. But when you do a little, you know, deeper digging. Just a, dip, just a little like, deeper dive. Well, hold on. Just a little deeper dive. Then you, then you have real issues. You have real right, questions. Right, Do we have, do we go to yes, the phone lines? Okay, let's ready. go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Will the great All right. first? Let's go to Keith in Michigan. I believe that's Michigan. Hey, Keith. Yeah, it's Michigan. Hi, hey. hey <laughs> right. taking my call. Um, hey, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Um, I, I, one thing I've learned after being married for 27 years that Nikki, you know, uh, every good man is be, every behind every good man is a great woman, and yeah, <laughs> you must be a really great man. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. God bless you. Um, the one thing that I really appreciate, I I did not 
I wasn't. I don't listen to your show a whole lot, and mm-hmm. I just happened to listen to your podcast last night, and it got me fired up. I didn't know didn't know anything what was going on with Marcus Hayes or the woke church or anything like that. And so I really appreciate everything that you're going that you're doing. And tongue in cheek, I'll say I became awoke. I got you. But I really appreciate the, what you're doing. And I looked at what you said, ReformationCharlotte.org. I mm-hmm. looked at that, looked at that, what they're posting. And for good night, a lot of these people, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's racist, it's racist. And I, I, I'm looking at this and I said, it has nothing to do with race. Mm-hmm. Everything that people are posting, just like you were saying, they're concerned about his ideology That's and what, he, what Marcus Hayes is putting in there. And then, you know, the whole thing about um, the, the, it's, I'm losing my mind on what what is the um the all of that ideology that's mm-hmm. in there is yeah. talking about grouping people as a society that's right as a as a group instead of individual and it's Christ died for us Come on. as individuals. Come mm. on, brother. Not as a societal group. No, because it's just as our guest just in the last segment just said, thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you calling. But it's just as he said, it is the celebration of collectivism. Mm. So you think as a group, you act as a group, you're oppressed by a gr- as a group, yeah. and so you've got to rise up as a group. And you can't break from that group. No, you <laughs> cannot. Let's go to uh, Dan in Arkansas. Hi, Dan. Hello. Hello. Uh, couple of things. Are you there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, appreciate what y'all do every day. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thrilled that you, that someone is, is speaking the truth specifically through a biblically sense, biblical sense. But I wanted to, to just make a point. I mean, there's been lots of uh, uh, talk about the socialist countries out there, the, the big ones, uh, China, Russia, North Korea. But I would say that the most recent attempt at it that was an abysmal failure is Cuba. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and if you ever talk some, to someone who has fled that nation, it, it paints a pretty grim picture of mm-hmm. the direction we're heading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. No, you're absolutely right. And, and I would say that there was, a, there was a short-lived move to try to, um, I, I, I don't know, put Cuba in a favorable light where you had – Beyonce and Jay-Z traveling there Mm -hmm. and and it's, you know, we just, we're going to ignore Cuba's history. Right. We're going to pretend that people did not flee this country. Let's try to squeeze in one more call. All right. Let's go to Ray in North Carolina. Hi, Ray. Hi, how are you doing? Good, good. Hey, I'm a, I'm born in the United States, but I may have English as a second language, no (laughs) first language, but uh, (laughs) I was just thinking, I've never heard of woke or even how you spell it, but. (laughs) <laughs> I uh, I am a I go to a church that has a multinational multicultural church, and also there's a black church in the same town, which I don't understand. But I uh, I really enjoy your show, and I truly believe that once you come to Christ, there's no issue with with uh, skin color. Amen. And and I think that a lot of the battles we battle today that we call racist. Just like with policemen and shootings and whites shooting black people and all that is is a spiritual issue, not a black. Amen. Issue, not a, 
brother, know, brother right. I got to I got to jump in cuz we're we're down to a few seconds left in the show. I'm so sorry about that, but let me just say I want to amen your point. This is a spiritual issue that we're talking about. If I could just close the show in the last 30 seconds with this quote from the woke church. Most African Americans have had at least two life-altering experiences that are buried or burned in their memory. The moment they realized they were black and the moment they realized that was a problem. Let me tell you something. This makes skin color the preeminent mm. distinction among mm. people. Do you understand? Yeah. My big moment when I came to Christ. All right, until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.